Welcome everyone to the Davis Arts Council Backstage Pass podcast, recorded from the green room at the Kenley Amphitheater. My name is Kim. And I'm Heather, and we're here to talk music, art, literature, and give you a peek into what goes on here behind the scenes. So in this episode, we're interviewing Davis Arts Council's Executive Director, Tessa Vashel. She'll talk about her time as Executive Director so far, because she's new. Mm-hmm. We're, we're so happy to have her. And how our Summer Nights with the Stars season is booked. So welcome, Tessa. Thank you. So let's get to know you a little. I just think we need to know what the first concert you ever saw was. Let's just start with that, since we're talking about concerts today. All the way back to the beginning. I hope it's a good one. Let me me think back. Uh, The first concert I ever went to was in high school, uh, and I saw No Doubt. Oh, come on. That is awesome. It was was a good one. It was it was so great. I paid fifteen dollars to sit on the grass at this Mm -hmm. giant it's like our amphitheater times about ten. And uh I paid fifteen bucks to sit on the grass and we were the first people there, so we sat at the very end of the grass. (laughs) And I came away wanting to be Gwen Stefani when I grew up because (laughs) she's amazing. She's awesome. Wow, that's a great answer. I love No Doubt. I stole mm-hmm. my brother's No Doubt CD so many times as a kid. He finally was like, just take it. <laughs> it's yours. All right. Thanks. Common law. That's exactly. awesome. <laughs> Possession is nine-tenths of the law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was your first concert, Heather? I don't think we've talked about that Mine yet. was Leanne Rhymes. They were oh. giving out free tickets to it at our grocery store. <laughs> and my mom got two tickets, and she let me take my little sister. And How old were you? Uh, 16. Oh. Yeah, I think that really was the first, like, big name, mm-hmm. like, famous person. That's and awesome. she had just done um, Coyote Ugly. It was, like, oh, all the yeah. songs that are from Coyote mm-hmm. Ugly. But it was fun. That is yeah. fun. What about you? Okay, so technically my first concert was, it's actually funny because it was a Davis Arts Council concert. Oh, <laughs> full but circle. I, I didn't know it at the time. It was destined to be. Um, it was the Letterman, but they were called Reunion at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was probably the only person there. I was 10. I was the only person there under the age of 40. Like, <laughs> That's so cute. And then it was my parents. And then, like, they were the only people there under the age of 16. <laughs> it was foreshadowing your life. It was. Um, but my first concert ever um, was Journey and Def Leppard. Oh, I was that's a great start. I know. It was awesome. And I took my dad Aww, as a Father's Day gift. Wow. So, yeah, that was my first. It was awesome. Um, so, Tessa, did you always have a strong interest in the arts as a kid? Like, can you kind of talk about? Yeah, I, I kind of can't it? think of a time that I didn't have the arts going on. My mom plays mm-hmm. the piano and she taught piano lessons out of our house for years and years and years and so I started playing piano really young I was like four when I started Mm -hmm. um and I also loved uh dancing and so I took dance lessons for a few years there was a there was a woman in our neighborhood who had this big basically shed in her backyard that had these mirrors and nice floors and she just taught dance lessons to all the little girls in the area uh so I did that and uh played the piano and then uh, when I got into junior high I started playing the cello I did choir all through elementary school through high school uh I started doing drama in junior high because I was super into Harry Potter and (laughs) I saw an interview and the girl from Harry Potter 
Emma Watson, said that she got her part because she had done drama club, and her drama teacher said that she should try oh, it Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. So Aww. I decided to Aww. join drama club. I'm going to be Hermione. <laughs> yes. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and <laughs> it was kind of just always a really important part of my life in high school. Uh, orchestra was a really big thing. Uh, we I was part of a really big symphony, and we did some cool stuff. And Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, do you know what house you are in Harry Potter? Oh, I'm definitely a Hufflepuff. <laughs> me too. Oh. That actually doesn't surprise me. I can <laughs> I can see it. We definitely have some things in common. Kim, <laughs> have you taken the test? Okay. I'm going to admit something and you're probably going to like disown me for this. What? I have never read or seen <gasps> Harry Potter. But you knew the word Hermione. I knew I know the character. Okay. You're Why grounded not? because it's everywhere. <laughs> Oh. At least I'm not, I'm not fired. I'm just grounded. Um, but yeah. So, that is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That actually makes you interesting. I think that's <laughs> cool. Fact. Yeah. yeah. I've never read a book and I've never seen, seen the, the movie. movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but right. I know who Hermione is. So yeah, I don't know what house I'm in. Will you at least take the test this afternoon? Sure, if you send it to me. It's a quick <laughs> test and can she do that on company time? I think so. <laughs> I think it's important uh, to know. All right. It's the hmm. new Myers-Briggs. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, funny. Okay, so yeah. so Tessa, we know you were born in Utah. You kind of grew up in Utah a mm-hmm. bit, but when you came to us, it was from Ohio. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about your background a bit? And Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I lived in uh, Utah for a long time, and we kind of moved around. My parents were young when I was born. They were in college when they got married and mm-hmm. had me shortly after, so they were kind of in the period of their life where they were still getting settled. Um, And my dad switched careers when I was relatively young. And so that took us, uh, my dad switched careers and it took us out to the Midwest. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we lived in Indiana for several years and that's where I went to high school. Uh, Oh, okay. Yeah. And I had a a great high school. Uh, Go Greyhounds. (laughs) (laughs) That's an interesting mascot. I've never heard that before. Uh, yeah. w- one of our artists this summer actually went to the same high school I did. Oh, that's that cool. <laughs> wow. Uh, Craig Meyer, he's our Elton John. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Wow. It's uh, a small world. I, I'm getting smaller. <laughs> did you know him? Is that why you no. booked him? Well, or? actually, he went to high school with my father-in-law. Oh, weird. Oh, my word. <laughs> and so my father-in-law, I had asked him, you know, what kind of recommendations would you have? Who would you want to see? Mm-hmm. And he had said, well, I have a buddy who's doing this Elton John tribute that's really starting to take off. So I had looked him up and, you know, I was thinking, oh, yeah, hmm. that might be a good option. And then I saw him perform when I went to the booking conference in New York in January. And he was amazing. <laughs> and you're like, that's the guy. Yeah. I was like, oh, wait, oh, that's, that's him. Oh, well, that's a great story. That is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. So uh, so anyway, I uh, was there. I went to college at Indiana University, mm-hmm. um, studied arts management there. And then we moved to Ohio uh, for my wife to get her master's degree in music composition. And while we were there, I wound up getting one, too. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> That's great. What's yours in? Theater. All right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, so You're like I want one too. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was interesting because I really wanted to be working in theater at the time, but the area we were living had almost no professional arts mm. work. There were probably three full time jobs within a 50 mile radius. Wow. And so I figured that if I really, if I wanted to be doing the work, the only way to 
do it was through the university. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened at that exact time they had some graduate assistantships available. And so the timing worked out really, really well hmm. that I was able to kind of get some more experience and do that. I, I had uh, gone in with the attention of becoming a stage manager for Cirque du Soleil. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Interesting. It's cool. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think I would be happy doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing myself a little better now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that was that was originally. <laughs> you wanted to live in Vegas, or did you want to like go on tour all over the world? I liked the idea of Vegas being a big city that you can leave in twenty minutes, mm-hmm. whereas like you know right. New York, Chicago, you're kind of stuck in the city if you live yeah. there. Mm-hmm. But Vegas, you can go live in the mountains and like have Trader Joe's down the street and uh-huh. <laughs> go in and work. That's true. That's awesome. Okay, so you talked about. Your master's degree, kind of elaborate on that a little bit. So it's in theater. Yeah. Uh, I went to Bowling Green State University to get my master's, and it was the best choice I've ever made for myself. I loved my time there. I learned so much. I was really fortunate to have a graduate assistantship, so I did a ton of work. I worked in the scene shop. Um, I worked as a carpenter for two years and built all of the sets. Oh, my goodness. I'm learning so many new things. (laughs) about you that's neat um I absolutely loved it it was just it was such a wonderful time and I love working with my hands I found out from that Uh that's interesting yeah I just I love being able to build a set there's something really satisfying about being able to take some plans and say you know what this is my project for today I'm gonna build this box or whatever right and then you know you go you get the wood you measure everything you cut it you put it together and then at the end of your shift you can look at it and say I did that thing I built that it's right there it's a physical thing Mm -hmm. and there's something really satisfying about that (laughs) I also worked on sets and in same shops and stuff, and I do not feel that way. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I, I loved it. I also, um, I house managed while I was there because uh, I had done that for a festival theater before. I stage managed. I taught a class. And so I got a lot of hmm. great experience kind of all around it. And in the meantime, I did some amazing coursework and I wrote a hundred page long thesis. And Gosh. it was, it was just a wonderful very happy time. I made so many good friends and it was just, it was in this really small town. So basically everything was the university. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was just, it was, it was really fun and nice and I loved it. (laughs) I am currently getting a master's degree as well. And it's seriously like the best experience. Yeah. Like it's a lot of work and it's a lot of stress, but it's so Mm -hmm. much fun. And it's such a different experience than college. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, everyone is, like, an adult, and they're there because they want to be, not because they have to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fun. It definitely makes a difference. Mm -hmm. How big is your cohort? 11. There's 11 of us. Wow. We started with 13 and two dropped out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's 11, and so we all, like, took the first two classes together, Mm -hmm. and that class is coming to an end next week, and I'm really sad. Oh, yeah. So I'll see them, like... You know, we've all talked about what classes we're taking and stuff, but it won't be the same, and I'm really sad. Yeah, that tight-knit group is mm-hmm. special. <laughs> yeah, because there's only 11 of us. It's kind of crazy, but anyway. Mm-hmm. So uh, so where did you work before coming to Davis Arts Council? Um. So, well, so I've had, I think, about 20 jobs yeah. in my life. But, same. <laughs> uh, yeah. But right before I came here, I was working for United Way of Greater Toledo, uh, and I was working in fundraising there, and... Um, if you're not familiar with the United Way model, it's all about basically eliminating poverty in, in the different ways that cause it. So working in like education, making sure people have enough to eat and adequate health care, making sure people have a place to stay, like that really basic needs. Yeah. And so in working in fundraising, one of the big things they do is um, corporate 
fundraising. So people give a little bit out of their paycheck. So I would go to companies and talk with employees about, you know, what is your money going to if you decide to do this? And, you know, what, how, what are other ways to get involved with the community? Because we also did volunteer work. And so it was, it was a really great way to get super embedded in a community that had a lot of need. Mm -hmm. Um, There was definitely Toledo uh, is kind of like a little Detroit. And so when uh, when the recession happened, that area was really affected. There's a lot of auto manufacturing there. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of layoffs. And so it was just kind of starting to be revitalized yeah. when, uh, when I was working there. So I loved it. I, I love working in fundraising. It's, um, it's really fun to help people find something they're passionate about when it comes to giving and mm-hmm. um, help them... So many people want to help and want to do good. And so being able to talk to someone and say, you know, do you want to help with hunger? Do you want to help with early childhood literacy and mm-hmm. help show them how they can do that? It's it's wonderful. So I had and I had gone to United Way specifically to learn more about fundraising because I have a bachelor's degree in arts management and I'd always hoped to get to an arts organization like this one. And I wanted to work specifically in development, but it was easier to get development experience with a traditional nonprofit Mm -hmm. and then move into the arts world. So that was kind of the direction I went. That was how I landed at United Way. Wow, you're a woman with a plan. That is like (laughs) inspiring to me that you had this clear outline for your life. (laughs) That's like great direction. I have. That's inspiring. (laughs) It has definitely been more twisty (laughs) than a straight line. (laughs) Well, that's just how life works. It's true. You know, There's detours. It, like pushes you off your path and you have to find your way back on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So you now work in Davis County, but you also live in Davis County. I do. So tell us like what you are liking so far. Because when you lived in Utah before, it wasn't Davis County. No, it wasn't. I lived in uh, Salt Lake County, Utah County, Jewab County. So further south. We just kept yeah. going south. <laughs> <laughs> we really did. Uh and so I, I haven't ever lived up here. And I love Davis County. I love it so much. Um, it's such a wonderful community. I feel like there's so much going on. I feel like people really care about this community. There's a really good mix of people who've lived there their whole lives. So they're really invested and they care about making this a great place for you know their kids, for them to continue to live in it. And then there's a lot of transplants like me who are new to the area and are kind of helping to bring a new energy to it. It's grown so much in the last like 10 years. Mm -hmm. And so there's just, there's so many amazing things that are so close. I mean, even in just the arts, because there's us and then there's Centerpoint Theater just down the road. And then there's also the Bountiful Davis Arts Center for visual art. And I've only just started to meet people. I went to a arts day on the hill and I think there were eight other arts nonprofits from Davis County alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's yeah, down there. So it's um, so I just I love how much everybody cares about each other here, and really cares about the common good in a way that I haven't seen in other places. That's <laughs> awesome. Has there anything that has like really surprised you about the community? Um. So this is a silly thing, I guess, but. <laughs> I keep being surprised when things are closed on Sundays. Classic. <laughs> yep. I just yesterday yeah. I tried to I tried to go down to the mall in Salt Lake to return some stuff. And yeah. I got all the way there, got parked, oh, no. and then I went, I was like, Oh, it's 
all closed. <laughs> Only until noon, right? <laughs> Doesn't it open later? Now the City know. Creek's closed all day Sunday. Oh, yes. City Creek is closed all day. Oh, yes. Yeah, so that'll funny. teach me. That's cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah, check before you go. Yes. Yep. When Cafe Rio decided to not close on Sundays, they started opening on Sundays. Mm-hmm. It was like the happiest day of my life. <laughs> Chick-fil-A needs to, needs to do that too. No line, huh? No, no line at all. But yeah, that is a big surprise. I think when people like move into Utah yeah, for the first yeah. time, they're like, what do you mean it's closed on Sunday? Why? It's like, and it's not, it is. you know, it's not that in Ohio and in Indiana that nowhere was closed on Sundays. There's definitely places that are closed on Sunday. Like Chick-fil-A is closed on Sunday nationwide. Yeah. And there's other places that do that. But I feel like most places, <laughs> most things are open on Sunday and a few things are closed and here I feel like most, most things are closed. Yeah. yeah. It is open. It's it's an exciting thing when you're looking to see if it's open and it is. <laughs> yes. Well people can always come to our free Sunday night concert in the summer. We're open. We're open in the summer. <laughs> um so what sparked your interest about this job at the Arts Council? Like what got you to move out here because you came you had to like fly in for your job interview like it was a big deal it was uh it was a really interesting it was a total whirlwind process um so for a little while I had been thinking about moving back closer to my parents uh they live in Pleasant Grove and uh you know my sister lives also in Utah County and I have a couple of brothers and they're also in the area so and, you know, beyond that, even all my aunts, uncles, cousins, grandparents, everybody lives in Utah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's um, a lot of people, not just my parents, have been saying, when are you going to come back? When are you going to come home? And I kept putting them off and putting them off and mm-hmm. saying, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I did, I was missing a lot. My youngest brother is significantly younger than me and he's still in school. And it made me really sad that I was missing all of his stuff. You know, he Mm -hmm. was doing choir concerts and plays and whatever. And my other siblings, I had at least gotten to see some of those things before I left home. Mm -hmm. But him, he was a baby when I left home. So I really didn't get to see any of that. So kind of that. And I missed my parents and all of that. So I was looking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I happened to look at the Utah Nonprofits Job Board one day. Um, I wasn't super happy in the job I was in. I had been kind of casually looking for a while Mm -hmm. and this job came up and I, you know, I have a degree in arts management and I have experience and, you know, I looked through it and I was like, oh, well, I take that box and that box and that box. Right. I thought, what the heck? I'll apply. It's not, I was convinced it wasn't going to lead anywhere. Right. I know. (laughs) Right. I I went home and I I told my wife, I was like, just so you know, I just applied to this job in Utah. So we might be moving to Utah. And we both had a good laugh about that. I didn't even tell my parents I had applied. Yes. I just didn't think it would happen at all. And so when they called me for an interview, I was excited and I still didn't think anything would come of it. Mm -hmm. I had been looking for a different job for about two years at that point. And I had done a lot of first interviews Mm -hmm. Um, and I had even done more interviews with like four or five organizations. I'd gone Mm -hmm. to the end. And so I had no faith in the process anymore. (laughs) Uh, And so, you know, I did that interview and it was great. I I came out of it and... um, it was like, you know, these were awesome people. I really liked talking to them. It just felt like a really good conversation. Uh, but I'm not going to get it. So it's fine. 
and then uh, they wanted me to come back for a last interview, and they flew me out, and so I, I came, and I had to start scrambling to tell people. Like, I had to tell my supervisor. I was like, so, uh, it's probably not going to happen, but I do have a job interview. Um, and, and I need three days off of work. Yeah, it's in Utah. yeah I had to uh, tell my parents. I was like, so, I applied for a job. Um, and I kept trying to temper expectations and be like, you know, I'm not going to get it, but it'll be fun to be home and see you guys. Right. And, uh, and so the day I got the call that I had gotten the job, I I literally jumped around and screamed Aww. in my apartment. I was so That's excited because so I, had, I had come out here and I had, you know, seen the whole organization and met the people. And at that point, I was like, this would be amazing. That would be so cool. And so yeah. when, it, when it actually happened, I was so thrilled. Aww. You didn't get those other jobs for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> things work out. It's I've had a lot of things not work out in my life and a lot of things that like I cried a lot about Mm -hmm. but things have eventually worked out in a way that was better than would have been before (gasps) this is like a good life lesson really just (laughs) keep on going yeah Yeah, seriously it's really hard to repeat that to yourself when you're in the depths of like (laughs) this is my fourth rejection I am not (laughs) happy about it but it always it has so far always worked out better in the end so that was like August last year yeah so this was so I applied for the job uh on at the end of june it was like june 21st Mm -hmm. um and i got the job offer on like july 20th so over the course of just a couple weeks i had um i had gotten you know the first interview the second interview i got the job offer and then i had to give my job two weeks and say hey i'm yeah Mm -hmm. leaving guys sorry And I'm moving cross country. I, I am. Yeah. Well, and I, when I first told my supervisor, hey, I actually, I got another job. She was like, oh, great. Where? And I was like, it's in Utah. And she was like, oh, oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I think that is always like shocking when someone you hear gets a new job and it's in a totally different state. <laughs> yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. It's really cool. So let's talk a little bit about your job as executive director. So what, what exactly do you do? What does <laughs> your job entail? Sum it up. <laughs> that is a great question. <laughs> um, I am essentially responsible for overseeing the overall longevity and well-being and stability of the organization. Oh, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the pressure. Um, I, I report directly mm. to the board of directors. Um, and so uh, the way a nonprofit is structured differently than a for-profit corporation, for example, the big thing is we can't distribute profits to shareholders. And so our board of directors are the actual owners of the company. Mm-hmm. As Together, they serve as the joint owners. And so I report to them as my boss. And my job is to literally handle and execute every aspect of the running of the organization or hire people to right. mm-hmm. do that. And so, you know, that's you guys and mm-hmm. our other awesome staff. Mm-hmm. Um And so a lot of what I wind up doing, because we do have such a great staff who's able to take care of the day-to-day and a lot of the actual technicalities, I wind up doing a lot more um, external meetings, talking with, you know, political people or donors or members of the community, 
Um, I do a lot of our financials. I make the I don't do our financials. I make the budget. Right, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and make sure that we're staying on track with that. Um, looking at kind of a strategic planning perspective, I look at the direction that we're going and try to keep us on track for that. And yeah. then, you know, there's always day-to-day stuff that comes up too. Because, you know, I feel like on any given day I'm getting phone calls or emails or, you know, can you weigh in on this or... All kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And, and so, especially since it's a small staff and a small office, we all wind up doing a little bit. Oh, of yeah. Everything. You're probably selling yeah. tickets at the same time yeah. you're yeah. Oh, yeah. setting She has been taking season ticket renewal for Yeah. Me. Yeah. <laughs> I have. So, it, and this is my first time working with a small company, too. Everywhere yeah. I've worked mm-hmm. before has had larger staffs. And so, it's definitely been a really cool adjustment to, you know, this team where we all have our own jobs, but we also will pitch in when things start to get crazy for each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. For sure. Have you had um, a favorite moment so far? Can you think of like a good it's been, happy memory? I mean, honestly, this the whole time's been a happy memory. <laughs> That's, <laughs> but, good. That's good. That's <laughs> cliche. You can't I know, say that. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, so, um, you know, I try... One of my favorite things is our staff and the dynamic that we have. And so one of the happiest things I think about at this moment is uh, at Christmas when we, we had an employee breakfast um, and we got neaters and we um, we exchanged presents and we kind of talked about our favorite Christmas memories and what we were grateful for. And it was just a really nice time with people who are special to me yeah oh that's so sweet (laughs) that's really sweet and that was was really good Mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun yeah (laughs) oh so okay let's get to the questions that we get all the time from patrons okay yes all the time so Mm -hmm. I'm I'm really excited I want to talk about this so part of your job is to book the artists for summer nights with the stars yeah so we get a lot of questions about how that works. So can you explain? How do you get Ario Speedwagon to come to Leighton, Utah? Exactly. <laughs> or like when we had sticks, people in the park, because we're in a park. Mm-hmm. And so people just like came to walk around the park or play on the playground. <laughs> yeah. And they're passing by because they hear the music and they're like, oh, who's that? And we say sticks. And they're like, <laughs> wait, the real sticks? Yeah. Really? Like, <laughs> how did you get them to come here? So, explain uh, that process. So many phone calls. <laughs> so many phone calls. So yeah. Many phone calls. <laughs> so, um, every artist that you can think of probably is represented by an agency, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, their agency might handle different aspects. Like, you know, their record label might handle one thing, but they have an agent who handles their touring, and. So the first step for me is to get in touch with the agent. And for most artists, except for like the very, very largest, what actually happens is the agency has a regional rep who Mm -hmm. I work with and will wind up doing the booking. So we usually have a like a Western region Mm -hmm. rep who I'm in touch with. And so uh, starting relatively early, I think I started making phone calls and emails in like October. I started getting in touch with agents and part of it was introducing myself because I'm new Mm -hmm. right um and so kind of what would happen is I would pitch them some people I was interested in and they would pitch me some people who are going on tour this summer who they're hoping to get dates for 
And um, from there, there's not like a central catalog of who's available at any given moment. It would be so much easier if that were the case. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) seriously. Um, But there is no real set way to find out who's available, how much they cost, when they're available, anything like that, other Hmm. than just talking to their agent. Yeah. And so getting in touch with them is pretty much the whole process on on my end. and then different artists require a different amount of legwork then. You know, some of our uh, summer seasons come from boutique agencies, and a boutique agency is only going to represent maybe 15 or 20 clients mm-hmm. at a given time. So they can give their clients a lot more attention and energy, and they also have a little bit freer of a schedule to work with someone like me. And so a couple of the agents I worked with are with agencies like that where it was a very quick process to talk with them and um, exchange a couple emails. I went to a booking conference in New York at the beginning of January, uh, which was a great chance to meet up with some of the agents in person. I got to see some of the artists perform and do showcases, um, just kind of got to interact with a lot of the people face to face. And so after that conference... Several of the people I had seen live or talked with agents about, I uh, sent them an offer. And it's just a two-page document that basically says who we are, uh, who the artist is, what day we want them to come, uh, how much we're willing to pay them, what other things they can get. You know, um, sometimes we'll provide hotel rooms, uh, sometimes we will... uh, provide you know we always provide the sound and lights sometimes there's just other extras that people ask for Mm -hmm. and so the offer will have whatever we're offering to do up front for that and then any kind of it'll have how much we think the tickets will cost and any venue rules or stipulations like we don't allow alcohol in our venue and so I always put that in the offer so that the artist knows up front right no surprises right (laughs) yeah and there's you know interesting noise violation levels and um it's in a public park and those kinds Mm -hmm. of things interesting yeah so So it's a big puzzle it is (laughs) is. so after the offer is submitted the uh agent will usually say you know i'll be back to you soon and back to you soon can mean anywhere from I'll get back to you later today to you're not going to hear or see, hear from or see me for two months. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so oh. <laughs> so sometimes you're like holding out hope that one person might yeah. accept your offer, but you have to yeah. be making other offers at the same time. Exactly. Wow. And the agents will, you know, they're, they're ultimately salespeople and they want to sell their product. Mm-hmm. So they will a lot of times tell me, you know, they're definitely available. They're definitely interested or whatever. But until they have actually told me it's confirmed, nothing is set in stone. Okay. Uh, yeah. I've, I had a couple of people who I thought, yeah, I totally have this in the bag who wound up, you know, going somewhere else or doing a different leg of their tour or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so they weren't hmm. able to confirm with us, but then finally, ultimately the agent will give you a call or send you an email and say, yeah. let's confirm. <laughs> wow. That, that those are the happiest words. I That's bet. Cool. That's yeah. so rewarding. Yeah. I do remember like every new, um, cause you don't work in the office. So you right. don't hear this, but every new artist that was booked this year, she's like, it's confirmed. <laughs> screaming from her office. That's so cute. Especially the last couple. Because yeah. It gets really nerve wracking. You know, the the opposite of the boutique agencies is the mega agencies, and they can be 
harder to get a hold of because they represent so many artists and Mm. they work with so many venues Mm -hmm. and so um it can take longer to get the deal worked out and it's very nerve-wracking yeah wow so were there any artists like how did you decide who you wanted to go for like were you looking at just more being a very diverse season or were there a few that you wanted to just see personally (laughs) or do you have like people you consult with or well it was uh, kind of all of the above I really I looked at the last few seasons to see kind of who we've brought and what people tended to like I took I'm a really data-driven person, and so I took all of the shows that we've done for the last eight years, and I pulled the ticket data on all of them, and then I listed out who have been the top, like, 50 acts, who has sold out, who has almost sold out Hmm. over the last few years, and that kind of gave me a good idea of the types of shows people like and Mm -hmm. what they want to see, and our audiences have really diverse tastes. You know, mm-hmm. there, there are all kinds of things that people like. And it seems like the biggest common factor is they like a good show. Right. Yeah. And so, <laughs> much. Um, so I used uh, that makes your job super easy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> they like everything. So. Um, and so we also uh, have taken audience suggestions at a couple of concerts over the last couple of years. That all is right. my favorite thing. That is fun to we see. We put up mm-hmm. a big board at like the last couple of shows mm-hmm. we ask last. on facebook too yeah mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. it's my favorite thing to like see people and like people write down people who have passed away <laughs> it's true yeah that's like you know they don't they're not living anymore right yeah well those oh, people heart. the people who are no longer living might be easier to get than like ed sheeran who's also been written down <laughs> true <laughs> very true uh, that would be a great one yeah, wow that would be very we, fun we do joke about the artists who have passed away it's like well we, we could possibly arrange it but it's a one-way ticket <laughs> <laughs> um. Um. So I looked at that list, and that's actually how I came up with REO Speedwagon, because a lot of people had requested Mm -hmm. that over the years. Yeah, it's been one that people have been Mm -hmm. wanting for a while. Yeah, so that's why I decided to pursue that one. Um, And then, you know, like I said, I saw some people perform at the booking conference that I went to, and uh, that's how I found a couple of people I was interested in. Uh, Sometimes agents will send me the name of an artist and say, you know, they're going to be going through your area. Uh, they call it routing and they uh, you know here's a YouTube video here's their artist page whatever Uh, so if you're interested let me know and so that's how I found uh, several especially of our regular season Mm -hmm. um, through you know their agents doing a lot of legwork and then there there were definitely a couple that um, I just wanted to see (laughs) (laughs) who is it I want to know uh, so I definitely did book Broadway Princess Party because oh, I it. Um, that one will be awesome. <laughs> I've been a huge fan of Susan Egan for a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. And well, of course, she was Belle. Yeah. yeah t- we talk about that show a little bit because yeah. I don't know if everyone exactly understands what it is yet. We need to yeah, so, tell them how awesome yes. it is. So Broadway Princess Party is uh, stars three women who have played princesses on Broadway doing a cabaret of uh, Broadway and Disney songs. And mm-hmm. right now, uh, the women are Tony nominees, Drama Desk nominees. 
nominees or winners. They are really, really high caliber. Um, and we've got Susan Egan, who I mentioned, and she was the original Belle on Broadway, and she's the voice of Meg in Hercules, um, awesome. and she plays Rose Quartz on Steven Universe, which is on TV right now, so the kids <laughs> know. <great>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and Laura Osnes, and she was uh, Cinderella on Broadway. Uh, she was also just recently in Bandstand, and uh, she uh, was Sandy in the Grease revival like 10 years ago. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. And then. Um, oh, and she was here for the um, Christmas the with the Tabernacle Choir. Yeah. She was like a guest mm-hmm. with oh, cool. them recently. Yeah. And then uh, Christy Altamere is our uh, other princess, and she played Anastasia uh, Which on is, Broadway. Oh, just one recently. of my yeah. favorite yeah. movies as a kid. Yeah. I she, loved it. She just finished her run yeah. with Anastasia like last week. And so. Now she's coming to us. And Yay. so they, they do a lot of uh, songs and arrangements. They have a guest prince who comes Ooh. to do the duets. <laughs> it's exciting. Um, fun. And so it should it should be a very, very uh, fun show. Uh, you know, lots of people like to come and hear their favorites. Uh, sometimes people will dress up. Sometimes, mm-hmm. um, you know, people get really excited between uh, people who are excited about Broadway, people who are excited about Disney. Uh, there's There's a pretty big uh fan group so it's it should be really fun they're they're all really high caliber like you know laura osnes performed at the um christmas at tabernacle square um, yeah at temple square um a couple years ago and all three of them individually are just amazing performers and so having them all together is a real treat that's awesome so another question we get a lot is about ticket prices um can you explain how you set the price i think people would it's a loaded question yeah Uh, we don't just and pixie dust yeah (laughs) we just pull it out of a hat um so the starting place is the artist's fee but Mm -hmm. that's not all that goes into a concert because uh usually you know the artists if we're bringing them in town they need somewhere to stay so we need to uh put them in a hotel and we have some hotels who work with us and sponsor us and provide some rooms sometimes we have Mm -hmm. to just pay for the rooms in cash um we will drive them to and from the airport which costs money uh we provide you know the sound engineering and the lighting design uh catering and hospitality technical direction and uh, there's so much going on in addition to just what's going on on stage. So all of those things kind of factor in to setting the ticket price. Um, and we're really lucky because as a nonprofit, uh, we're able to get uh, corporate sponsorships to kind of help offset the cost and keep the ticket prices as low as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then from there, uh, it's looking at essentially potential turnout. And hoping that, you know, we'll be able to make back the money we spent uh, so that, you know, we can keep bringing artists like this in the future. So we look at the number of seats that we have uh, and divide it by and divide the artist fee by that. Um, And then we do a little bit of extra maneuvering because some of the seats are more expensive and some of the seats are less expensive. And so taking that into account, we produce uh, the gross potential for the show. And uh, ideally, it's going to be a little bit more than the artist's cost to cover uh, all of the other costs that Mm -hmm. are associated with the show as well. 
scientific that's really <laughs> yeah it's a math. big puzzle <laughs> yeah <laughs> i have a very large excel spreadsheet that does a lot of the math <laughs> for me good <laughs> um so as far as our sunday our free sunday night concerts you booked those as well mm-hmm. and those are local so mm-hmm. how do you find local talent and like if someone listening is a performer like how do they get in touch with you and so we have a form on our website uh and it says join in uh if you go to the navigation menu at the top and so over the course of the year we had a lot of people who submitted join in requests Mm -hmm. and uh it usually asks for just a little uh description of what your art is like what your band or your personal work and then there's a place to include examples so people will include uh, YouTube videos or Spotify stations or um, any kind of like SoundCloud anywhere that they've got their work Mm -hmm. stored and so when it came time to get the Sundays together we also put a special call out this year for artists and they just submitted directly to me with all of that information and we wound up having about 50 artists submit for the wow. Sunday Night Concert wow. Series this year. Wow, yeah. How many spots do we have? Like four, four, 12, like 14? Like 10. 10 spots. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. We're popular. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, um, it was definitely difficult because there's a lot of people who have done it for a long time or several times over the years. And then there were a lot of people who have never performed on our stage before. And so so as I was doing it this year, I tried really hard to give as many new people as possible the chance to perform on the stage. It's such a beautiful venue and the Sunday night concerts have such a great audience that comes out that I want as many local people as possible to get to experience it. Yeah. And so I tried to kind of bring in as many new faces as we can, but still keeping We kept a couple of old favorites in Mm -hmm. the mix too. And so it was really, it was really fun and it was really difficult. We had um, a couple of genres that just had a ton of submissions. I had no idea there were so many jazz bands in the area and Hmm. I had no idea there were so many bluegrass groups in the area. Wow. Neither did I. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We had six bluegrass groups submit. Interesting. Yeah. Which is why we're having a bluegrass, an evening of bluegrass with two of the groups performing so that we can. That'll be fun. Yeah. Give more of them a shot. I'm excited for like the singer songwriter night that we're doing because I don't know that we've ever really showcased singer songwriters on our Sunday. Yeah. That'll be really cool. Series. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And we had we had a lot of really great local singer songwriters submit mm-hmm. too, who are just kind of getting started in their career and mm-hmm. you know at varying stages of playing in coffee shops or opening for people or you know doing that hustle. And so mm-hmm. uh, being able to have a couple of them come in will be wonderful. That's awesome. Okay, so the last thing we want to talk about is our newest program that you created. This is your little <laughs> brainchild. Yes. So do you want to talk about? The Insomnia Film Challenge? Yes. So the Insomnia Film Challenge is um, a, it's similar to a 48-hour film festival or some people have done a 24-hour theater uh, festival kind of thing. The basic idea is you create a movie in 48 hours. So we... (laughs) Sounds hard. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So we'll have teams come together on... uh, Uh, It'll be a Friday evening, Mm -hmm. and we'll give them all uh, a line of dialogue and a prop that each of them have to include in their movie. And then after they do that, uh, we'll we'll send them on their way, 
and they will uh, write and cast and rehearse and shoot and edit their film, their four to seven minute film, uh, over the course of 48 hours. Oh my gosh. And then people can watch them? Yeah. And then we will be screening them at the Kaysville Theater. Oh, I love the Kaysville Theater. Awesome. Oh. Yeah. So it's a little treasure of Davis (laughs) County. Yeah. It is. Yeah, I'm very excited to go there and do it and um, showcase the movies. And we're going to be giving out some prizes. We have some really cool judges who are coming to join us. And so it should be a very fun evening. And the the actual viewing is going to be free to the public. So people can come out and join us for that. And it should be a very fun evening. Love it. And it's so different. We have not we've not done Mm -mm. something like that before. I'm excited to see what comes of it. (laughs) I am, too. It'll be really fun. Well, great job. This was your first time booking a <laughs> booking a season and lining up local talent for those. You just did so great. Everyone's really excited. Oh, so you. great job. That was a lot to have <laughs> yes. on you in your first six months yes. of work. I did not envy you. <laughs> but you did it. <laughs> I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be a really fun summer. Yeah, it really will. Mm-hmm. Now we I'm just excited too. Need it to get here. Mm-hmm. Stop being winter and <laughs> stop raining. Yeah, it's so cold. I want the I want the warm sun. Me too. Yes, I'm a summer person. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. This was nice. And thank you for listening. Um, be sure to rate and review our podcast wherever you listen to it and subscribe. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's where we have up-to-date information about our shows and where we host awesome giveaways. And check out davisarts.org where we will have links to everything that we talked about in this episode. See ya. See ya.